Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking all things barbecue with the man who invented barbecue Jenga. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is super cool today. We've got Andrew Kavanagh from Natural Born Grillers and the Q Club. He's he's affectionately known as Cav Around the Circuit. And if you've ever been to a barbecue competition, you'll know exactly where they are because that's where the best party is. But before we get into uh, into some more information about Cav, I've just got a few announcements that I need to run by you first. First up, I'd like to thank our podcast partner, OzPig, for coming on board for this episode. If you're looking for a great outdoor camper cooker that's that, that's an all-round camp kitchen unit, whoo, I'm struggling today, an all-round camp kitchen unit, <laughs> terrible. Okay, the OzPig is, is what you're after. It's got everything. Um, it's, a, it's a wood-fired stove. It's got a smoker attachment. It's got a rotisserie attachment. It's got hot plates. You name it, it's got it. You can pack it in a bag, throw it in the back of the car, take it out in the bush with you, and you can still have all your favorite um, ways of cooking at home out there with you in the bush. So do check them out, ozpig.com.au. They got some great stuff, and I love cooking on mine. Next up, if you're just at the start of your journey, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com because we've got a free ebook available for you. It's the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. In there, you'll find everything you need to take you from zero to hero in the backyard. No more burnt sausages, no more burnt steaks, no more crunchy black burnt onions. You're just going to have some delicious smoked meats. It's been internationally awarded by the NBBQA uh, over in the USA, so you know it's it's a high-quality ebook, and we've got it available for free for you at the moment. So head on over there smokinghotconfessions.com. Now this lunchtime today, I'd like to welcome everybody who's joining us online for this beautiful recording session. I can see that we've already got several people with us. If you would like to be a part of these live podcast recordings as well, head on over to Facebook. It's the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. It's a group. We just hang out, talk about barbecue, and we do these live podcast recordings with all our guests. So it gives the people in that group a chance to interact with our guests. So if you are joining us live, make sure you start putting your comments and your questions in there. So we can already see here we've got uh, Grant Lecky saying hi all. He's super stoked to hear what Cav has to say in this uh, in this program today. So let's uh, let's keep rolling. Now, if you are catching this uh, later on on YouTube, do make sure you give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit the little notification bell. If you're catching it up on Facebook, it's all about the likes, the comments, and the shares, particularly the shares. Facebook loves those shares. IGTV, we love those cute little love hearts. And give us a comment and make sure you're following us there as well. And if you are listening in later on on a podcast app, particularly Apple Podcasts, the ratings and reviews are super important. They help drive us up the charts. And in the last month, we've been as high as number six on the US podcast charts for food and as high as three on the Australian podcast charts for food. So that is super important and super helpful that you're putting in those ratings and reviews for us. And we really do appreciate it. Okay, so Cav from the Q Club from Natural Born Grillers. He was on the original cast of Aussie Barbecue Heroes way back in the day. So he's come a long way. He's a pioneer. He's an icon. He's a leader, particularly down in the Victorian scene down there where the Q Club is like really the hub of the low and slow barbecue scene. I think that's fair to say. And it's going to be great to uh, to catch up on on his story, get filled in on 
on how he came to be where he is. And I'm always interested to find out where he's going in the future because Cav is a man who's always on the go. He's always planning and growing and developing. So it's going to be very interesting to find out where the Q Club's going to be going from here. But I think that's all the spruiking that I need to do for him. Let's get him in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Cav, good <laughs> afternoon, mate. Welcome to the confessional. Oh, it's fantastic to be here, Ben. Thank you very much for having us. What an introduction. Um, I'm actually a bit blown away. The, um, I guess a, a few blasts from the past there. You brought up um, barbecue Jenga, my God. <laughs> mate it's a it's a staple of the australian uh, barbecue competition circuit now i love to have seen how it has evolved i think there's um there's chapters all over the country um it's become much like fight club oh yeah very much so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i'm not sure it is it evolved or devolved i'm not too sure it's um <laughs> oh, i think that- <laughs> I think it, it never really got to a point where it was properly evolved anyway. I think, I think the, the, the one rule about um, barbecue Jenga, there was no rules. They just made up at the time. <laughs> Much to, I think, a few newcomers discussed. And then, and then flexible throughout the duration of the game. I think it all went down to how many drinks you had. I think it just got looser as the night went on, which is much like any sort of party activity that's carried out at a, at a barbecue competition or festival. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So for those unfamiliar, j- just give us a quick recap on, on what barbecue Jenga is. I will uh, excuse the terminology. I know Bobby from Firebrand would like me saying this, but I mean, we picture robo turds, which is essentially extruded sort of briquettes of charcoal. They have a hollow center. Um, I think it was basically, I think it was back in 2016 at the Creekside, um, Creekside barbecue competition. And, um, I think it was in the wee hours of the morning. And just to picture it, folks, um, the Creekside's right in the middle of sort of Western Victoria, um, very cold at night. And um, so most uh, teams that, you know, were up doing, you know, I guess watching their pits or drinking a few beverages, one of the, or both, um, would sit around a fire. Well, this particular evening, I think, we're sitting around a fire and um, a couple of members of our team started just stacking these, these briquettes, you know, on top of each other, making a bit of a, pyramid as you might say and um and it just turned out that you know we just started passing around a little bit of a hot stoker and um if, if anyone met that one fall they had to do a like a shot of a shot of liquor which um you know it probably doesn't seem that sort of offensive at the time but um as this these towers get bigger and bigger and um i guess the um the game sort of evolved from there i think it started off with like four participants and then by about three o'clock in the morning i think there's probably about 10 people sitting around our fire um cheering every time this tower of um, basically molten briquettes would fall down. But, um, yeah, that wasn't without its injuries, I guess. Um, that's part of the, I guess, if you play with fire, you are going to get burnt. <laughs> that is the way the expression goes, yeah, yeah. Now, barbecue Jenga, barbecue Jenga is a riot. It's an absolute riot. It's so much fun. <laughs> it really is. But, mate, tell me, what was the last thing that you barbecued for yourself? I'll be honest with you. I mean, with, with the restaurant now, we, we're doing like, you know, I don't, we're doing, you know, hundreds of kilos of brisket a week here. I mean, at home, I, I just love a simple steak. It's the simple things in life. Like I just get a nice, I think it was a flank steak two nights ago. I just drilled over the egg. And um, to me, just that, that in its simplicity is just absolutely delicious. You know, I think a simple sort of, you know, SPG style rub, 
cooked over, you know, live fire. And, um, you know, I've got a two and a half year old and his favorite word and favorite food is steak. He's like, daddy, more steak, more steak. So I think I'm breeding a, a, a pure carnivore child here. He's, um, yeah, he absolutely adores it. So you've, you've got him on the paleo diet already. Oh, he's proper caveman, this little man. He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> no, he brings a lot of joy to us. But, but I mean, we, we, we play around at home a lot with like experimental dishes. I mean, we have a, like a, a head chef who is, you know, who's amazing at the restaurant and, uh, he's come from a Brazilian heritage. So I think it's just born in, in their DNA, really cooking with fire. So, you know, what we have to add to what he does these days is, it's quite minuscule when you think about, you know, how the Q Club sort of evolved, you know, four years ago to what it is now. And I have to pinch myself sometimes that it only has been, you know, four years. We, you know, we started the business purely as a you know, barbecue store with a cafe and with a bit of a slant towards that education and trying to gain you know, people's knowledge, or, you know, further people's knowledge. Because when I started out, there was literally nothing there or what was there was quite fragmented which was really i guess um you know the birth of you know the whole business plan of the q club where i decided to rip off the um suit and tie and um yeah uh, i guess see what you're looking at today which is a bit of a, a barbecue creation unfortunately in some ways <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's it's always interesting to sort of uh you know pause and take a moment and sort of look back on 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 where we've come from and and where we are now and, and sort of take stock of that. So with, with that in mind, tell us how you got into barbecue. Like, were you, was your dad into barbecue, your granddad? Like, was it something that you were born into or something you came to later in life? It's something I came to later in life. I mean, everyone knows, you know, whenever I'm at a barbecue competition, um, you know, or festival, um, Pam, my, my lovely wife is right beside me and, you know, we formed, I guess, the Natural Born Grillers and, Pam and I, we met when I was living in Europe. And one thing that I did notice when we're living in sort of, you know, continental Europe is, you know, barbecue is not basically an LPG cylinder connected to a three burner barbecue. They, you know, that's, that is, they don't call that barbecue over there. Barbecue is lighting coals, you know, having a fire and cooking, you know, basically, you know, how barbecue really should be. Um, so when we moved back to Australia about 10 years back, you know, we sort of, I guess, employed that philosophy in cooking at home. And um, one of the first things I bought when we moved back to Australia, you know, as I said, 10 years ago, was was a uh, was a Kamado Joe, believe it or not. Don't say that because I'll be green eggs now. So, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, we had a ceramic barbecue. And um, I just fell in love with that style of cooking. I mean, in Europe, I had a Weber and the kettle and all that sort of stuff, and it was fun. But, I mean, to come back and just discover this whole new way of cooking and hadn't really smoked a lot, even though I'd been traveling to America you know, quite a lot with my work. I've worked, you know, prior to the Q Club, I worked for American companies for about 15 years, probably hence why I've got a bit of a love and affinity with, I guess, the country and, and its style of cooking. But um, we came back to Australia and Pam and I being quite foodies, we just love, I guess, loved cooking. I mean, I love cooking everything in that, in that tomato. I cook my breakfast, lunch and tea in it. I'd be baking in the morning, it would be... Well, I'd even work out a way to do a toasted sanger in my Kamado. It was like I had to do, put everything in it. It was just one of those things. It became a bit of an obsession. Uh, um, and then came along, I guess, the I guess the invitation to audition for uh, a little-known a little known TV. It was a, a pilot TV show, um, Aussie Barbecue Heroes. 
hadn't really done much low and slow up until that point. You know, we'd, we'd slow cooked things, of course, and we'd braised things, of course, and you may not have been aware of it. We're probably already employing, I guess, the principles of low and slow cooking without even knowing that's what we're doing, if that makes sense. Um, it's one thing I even talk about today all the time to anyone who comes in the store about wanting to widen the breadth of, you know, proteins they can cook in their barbecue. I, I still go back to say, look, anything you can really braise, you can smoke. And then to me, then it just worked backwards. And that's sort of worked well with us, even in competition where when we're looking for, um, I guess, more exotic sort of cuts to cook and everything like that. So I'd look at, you know, is it to be a beef shin or an oxtail or all these things that, as I said, really great at braising, you can also smoke. But anyhow, back to, I guess, Aussie Barbecue Heroes. So I've got an invitation to audition for that. I'm not sure how it happened. It was a link in my my Facebook. And and I thought, I, said, I did it without even telling Pam. I just basically filled out the link, <laughs> seen a couple of photos of Pam and I. I was a bit skinnier back then. Um, I think we all younger. were, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. But, um, and before I know it, I, I filled out that link and, Within a week, I had um, an email back from a producer saying, look, we'd love to come visit you and Pam at your home and to see, you know, what you're cooking and how you cook. And it just literally snowballed from there, the whole process. And before I knew it, we were basically being flown up to um, North Narrabeen, actually. It was a big four caravan park. And um, for two weeks of um, shooting this show, this was supposed to be like, you know, Australia's first, you know, you know, barbecue cooking show. And, um, yeah, from there, I guess, lifelong friends were made. It was a, an amazing experience. And um, I still speak to, I reckon, more than half a dozen people from that show on a weekly basis today, which is crazy. Wow. I think that was, that was filmed probably in 2016, I'd say, that was filmed. Maybe I, was actually, I was actually just researching that just about 30 minutes before we jumped online here and it was 2015 I, I was feeling wow. like it was two or three years ago but that was 2015 yeah. that's six years ago yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy well and from that as i said pam and i went under the show and we were surrounded well not surrounded but i guess towards the pointy end of the competition we were surrounded with basically you know pit masters or people that have been cooking you know low and slow for quite a long time you think of you know um we took think of the Shank Brothers, we think of the Flaming Mongrels, you know, these sort of guys were, you know, in Ricky Brydoke, of course, you know, uh, Bully Barbecue. I mean, these guys, are, you know, they were real pioneers and really the what started the movement in, a, in, a, in Australian barbecue. And and sometimes when I hear my name saying that I'm a pioneer, or I, I don't know if I really are. I mean, I look at those guys as being that the, the laid sort of the foundations. And yes, we, I, I like to say I was probably more of an early adopter as opposed to a pioneer. I, I, I got into the game pretty early, but I mean, there was other people beforehand that were doing some great things with barbecue already. And um, and me being a competitive bastard, that's what basically sort of fueled my, my thirst for low and slow. Because on the show, I don't know if you've actually watched the show, Ben, but in that we made the grand finale as the natural born grillers um and basically what lost it for us was our pork ribs and i've okay. never really done low and slow pork ribs before and um you look at all of our additions in the grand finale and all of them were just you know amazing except for the bloody pork rib pork rib let us down so 
Jess wasn't a big fan of it. I don't know if those of you don't know, Jess Piles was one of the judges on the on the um, on the show, and um, yeah, she tore us to shreds on our pork ribs. I think she exaggerated slightly, but I mean, but that's television, of course. And I have to take that up with her when the borders borders open back up, and um, we're gonna have a face to face on that. <laughs> Remember that pork rib you ate six years ago? We need yeah. that words about that. Oh, mate. <laughs> I haven't forgotten, mate. Because it wasn't we, we came second and there was no second prize. There was like a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes for the for the Shankies. Well deserved, amazing people, amazing cooks. But we got diddly squat. Oh, I felt I still feel a bit ripped off. If you're listening, Mikey or Ralphie, I'm you know, I'm coming for you. Mike is going to wake up one morning and that, uh, sorry, no, uh, Ralph got the caravan, didn't he? He's going to wake up one morning in the yeah. caravan or just be missing out of his yard. Or I'll be sleeping in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Squatter's rights. Squatter's rights. Exactly right. Exactly right, Ben. So I guess that was, I mean, a lot of people do ask me about what got me into the style of cooking and what sort of fueled my, my thirst for knowledge and perfection is probably a bit of a strong word, but... Uh, it was really trying to right the wrongs of that show, you know, in a funny way. I mean, you know, when when you you, know, you do so well in a competition or and being competitive like I am, like I am, um, that was essentially that, that that was what propagated the thirst for me to you know, hey, I want to get good at this. And um, from there on in, after that show, I went and bought an offset smoker from. Uh, a Radar Hill, one of the, well, I guess, well, we're an early adopter from Radar Hill as well. So uh, Mr. Maxworthy sent me down this beautiful 20-inch pit, which we still have, and I just cannot part with, even though it sort of sits at our warehouse at the moment and doesn't get burnt very often. But um, um, I just cannot, even though people offer me money for it, I, I, it's too sentimental for me to even contemplate uh, saying goodbye to. So, um yeah, well, we we ordered that, and I I think for about three weeks in a row, all I did was just cook pork ribs until I got that perfect watermelon bite, until I got that perfect flavour, and to the point where I like, hey, I think I can cook ribs now. By by which point, Pam was saying, please God, no more ribs. I <laughs> know oh, we all of our friends were actually wouldn't say getting sick of it, but I want to come over for another dinner party. What do you what are you cooking, Andrew? Ribs, cooking ribs, and they're cooking ribs. But um, look. It, it, it did work because I think our very first um, barbecue competition, which was was in between basically uh, Aussie Barbecue Heroes airing, and you know that basically from shooting to airing, we won uh, our first comp. We won first place in pork ribs. Our second comp, we won first place in pork ribs. So I guess that um, obsession is probably the right word for it. <laughs> it actually paid off. Yeah, sounds like it. There's nothing quite like a bit of um, a bit of uh, revenge success or uh, or, or spite success. Oh, 100 percent. So yeah, that, I think even to this day, if we counted all the trophies that we have in the restaurant, I'd say a large majority of them do come from pork ribs, which is yeah, which is quite funny. Well, there's a bit of irony there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well. Natural Born Grillers became quite the powerhouse in terms of competitions, you know. Like I'd, I remember rolling up to competitions and seeing you guys there and going, oh, wow, the the NBGs are here. Like I'm going to have to really like cook hard this weekend to uh, to try and get out in front of them. And, I mean, you, you guys really became a bit of a force on, on the scene there. Do you do you still get out and compete from time to time? Um, the, 
the irony is, uh, I guess this year was going to be our breakout year. We really did want to um, start competing this year, you know, again, maybe just doing a handful of competitions. But the fact that I think I mentioned before we have a, you know, a beautiful two and a half year old boy, it is um, probably it makes it a little bit hard, but we did want to do a handful of competitions in, you know, 2021. But um, obviously with the craziness that's sort of been happening in the world, um, that's sort of been prevented. I mean, we did do a bit of, we, we broke the shackles, I think, early last year where we were doing some cooking demonstrations at a particular barbecue competition in Bundalong, of all places, which is up near the, the Murray River of the border of um, Victoria and New South Wales. And we were on the Friday, there was a threat of the KCBS competition not going ahead because I didn't have, I think it was, 15 teams, I forget the actual number, to be honest with you, Ben, but, and I said, would we mind, you know, competing just to ensure that the, the competition can be valid? And this was on the Friday when we were about to drive up, and I said to Pam, yeah, why not? Why not? What have we got to lose? And she's like, everything? Come on, come on, honey. we don't <laughs> practice, we haven't cooked, yep, we haven't done a, a competition for over a year, I'm like, oh, how hard is going to be, love? You know? So we literally just looked in our meat fridge and We'd already sold like all of our best pork ribs and briskets to other competitors that were heading up to Bundalong, and, um, <laughs> we, and and so we literally just got the scraps. I think we had one packet of pork ribs. I think we had one um, one one Boston butt. Um, I think we had one brisket, and uh, we just got some chicken. I think from the local Coles. It was like that that sort of you know just put together, and. Um, we went up there and it was like a homecoming. You mentioned before about, you know, I guess, you know, us being a bit of a, you know, when, you know, when we were there, it was, it was definitely the rowdiest, I guess. But I mean, there's a few teams that have sort of overtaken, there's a few teams that have overtaken our mantle now. I mean, I, I think, you know, we've, we've grown and matured and we're somewhat. <laughs> now, in reality, I mean, we, we rocked up, up, up to that um, bundle on competition and it was just loaded with some, our closest friends in barbecue and but also scarily some of the best teams in barbecue i mean i think there's big smoke rolling smoke smoke place grillers the king and his few i mean we're talking all the big hitters were at this this kcbs comp on the market and i guess we weren't that intimidated we were just like well just rock up look we haven't competed for over a, a year and a bit and we've basically done it on a on no notice so we um yeah, we just put our best foot forward and um, competed, and we—I think we were within one point of GC at the end of the weekend. So it was actually quite—it um, was quite funny, and but we didn't take it too serious. But it was nice to know that um, I guess those competitive juices um, were still there. So that was the catalyst for us saying, "Look, we should compete some more." But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what that chapter holds. G'day and welcome to Ozpeak, creating great meals, great memories and flavour born from fire for over 15 years. Born and designed right here in Australia for Aussie conditions, the Ozpeak range is your best friend for the outdoors. Featuring three stoves in the range, there's one built for adventure, home and in between. And with the oven smoker attachment, you'll totally transform your Ozpeak into your very own portable smoker. There's a huge range of genuine accessories such as the rotisserie and char grill, helping you achieve maximum flavour born from fire. At Auspeak, we stand behind our range and 15 years of development and customer feedback has led us here. Dollar for dollar, you won't find better value. 
Each unit features a solid three mil steel construction, zinc plated legs, fully steel pressed shape and robot welded seams. Every Auspeak unit comes with a three year limited structural warranty, so when you buy an Auspeak, you can trust that you're buying quality. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, so uh, let's get into the Q Club itself. So I can I can see that you're in the restaurant there right now, although I'm, is, is restaurant the right word for it? Because you guys do so many different... Uh, different sort of angles on the barbecue scene. So um, we, we've already talked about when it started. Give us a bit of an idea about about how it started and all the different things that you do there. Thanks. That's a really good question. And the, 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 the birth of the Q Club was really from spending a lot of time on the road traveling between barbecue competition to barbecue competition. That's actually a nice little, uh, a, a nice little conjured into that because when we got into it, there wasn't really a one-stop shop that you could go buy all your rubs from or you could go buy your meat from. I mean, we found we were just driving about, driving around town, one place to get our brisket from, one place to get our ribs from. You know, I wanted a particular rub, but I either imported it from the States and with horrendous air freight sort of expenses. Or there was a, there was a couple of barbecue stores that were bringing in, you know, bits and pieces, but, but no what I would call, you know, one-stop shop. So, you know, Obviously, a few a few drinks around the campfire and um, many hours in a car, and I guess a, a business plan was written for the Q Club, and it was essentially, and it still has our mission statement today. It's everything barbecue. Now, I mean, it's a celebration of smoke and fire. Whenever we do anything with the Q Club, we have to, you know, look back to our mission statement and go, look, is this, you know, a celebration of smoke and fire? You know, is this everything barbecue? And if it fits, then you know, we go ahead and do it. So it was really that simple. I mean, the business has evolved somewhat in the last probably, you know, 12 to 18 months with the, the craziness that actually occurred last year. Um, we moved we moved premises. We were ha- we had to move from our old premises. If anyone had been there, whilst they were grandiose and amazing and this beautiful sort of Art Nouveau sort of style, um, that was falling down around us and had to <laughs> – it was about to be developed. So we did sort of um, – we, we in February last year, um, before everything went crazy, we were very fortunate to secure a new home, and that was on Ligon Street, quite an iconic street in Melbourne. Um, slightly smaller premises, which was going to have some come with some adjustments to the business model. Um, and then all the craziness happened, and we literally sort of had the, the I guess, how would you put it? The most you know, was we just moved and really with no sort of fanfare, no party. Anyone who knows me, I love to throw a party. We couldn't do anything. So we almost had to start the business again to a degree. I mean, we oh, still wow. have our hardcore, our hardcore followers because what happened is, you know, we speak about the business model before is that, you know, we had, you know, at the old premises, it was predominantly barbecue store with barbecue classes and then a small cafe offering of really just American low and slow style barbecue. We only did dinner one night a week on a Friday. We did brisket burgers and pulled pork burgers and that, you know, throughout the rest of the other opening days for lunch. But um, that was our food offering. When we took the new premises on Ligon Street, as I said, being such an iconic, you know, I guess, foodie street and the venue that we took over was quite iconic, we 
deliberately wanted to make a shift to being more than just American-style barbecue. Back to what I said before about being a celebration of smoke and fire. So we wanted to serve food that wasn't really cuisine-centric, but barbecue-centric. So everything cooked with smoke or fire. And I mentioned earlier in the interview that you know we have an amazing head chef. I mean, Fabio Costello is, is Brazilian. He loves playing with fire, as we all do, I guess. But, I mean, his, you know, my attitude was to get a chef that is a, you know, an A-grade, amazing, world-class chef that can cook with fire. I can teach a chef how to cook American barbecue, but I can't teach an American barbecue guy how to be a chef. That was the whole attitude and sort of mantra that we took, we took with Fabio. So moving to the new premises, we became, I guess, a lot more of an important food venue, and that's reflected in our Instagram and Facebook and our reviews as well. It's still very much the barbecue store we used to be, albeit with a bit of a slightly smaller footprint. Um, you know, but we still have the same amount of barbecues. We still represent the same brands. Still have the same expertise. We, you know. But, what, but right now we have a restaurant that operates, you know, three nights a week, um, is almost becoming very acclaimed and almost, you know, cementing ourselves at this part of, of Live on Street now. I mean, I was so pleased a couple of weeks back to hear from another vendor saying, you know, people now now coming down to this end of Live on Street because of the cute club and, you know, everyone around here is thankful for that. And it was like, wow, thank you. I mean, we've only been here such a small amount of time and it was such a, I guess, a, horrible move to do during the time that we did it because you know we as i said we couldn't really scream to the world hey guys we're here now you know come and visit us it was hey guys we're here now but you can't come visit us because you're not allowed to go more than 5k from your own hey guys we're here but you can't come experience our food because it's takeaway only so we almost it was just like this tiered and step sort of reopening process which gave me time to reflect on the business a fair bit as well and um you know, I guess make those little adjustments that needed to be made along the way, which I think right now they're seeing the benefit of. So it's been, as I said, quite a journey that uh, I'd like to think right now that, you know, business is starting to operate the way that I envisaged, you know, you know basically a year and a half ago it would. And that, and that also gets back to a point that I mentioned the education part. When we started in American Barbecue, yeah, there was so much misinformation. There was so much, um, you, you search how to, you know, you Google how to cook a brisket and um, trying to, you know, um, I guess decipher through all the different methods and madness online. It's quite crazy and you end up destroying quite a lot of good produce in that process. So with our classes, we like to, just, you know, I guess, simplify it a fair bit. And um, that's one of, you know, the, the smoking with the natural wrong grillers masterclass that we run at the Q Club, we've run that from the day we opened the door every month and, and up until today. So obviously take out the madness from last year when we couldn't run any classes, but um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm confident to say I think it's probably one of the most regularly run and well subscribed to uh, barbecue classes in the country. Probably a little bit unknown to a lot of people, but it just keeps running and just keeps filling up. At the moment, we're booked out till November, I believe. Wow, the classes are booked out till November. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is it's great. It is. But, we, but part of that is also we run quite small classes deliberately because I'm not. I'm a quite a statical sort of person. I don't like just sitting back and listening and watching. I like to do. I like to touch. I like to cut. I like to put things in. So we ensure that all of our barbecue classes are 
hands-on. So that's, that's also, if anything's rubbish at the end, we can always blame the participants, of course. <laughs> Nice, nice, yes. The the, the, the customer is always right, except. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, no, with, with, with the classes, that's one thing that we um, have always sort of pushed and promoted. I don't, you know, all the cuts of meat go on their tables, all, you know, all the rubs on the tables, you know, and provide them with everything they need to actually prepare the proteins to put them in the smoker. They do the checking. They take them off. And, you know, we're there to obviously facilitate, educate and, uh and make sure that everything does turn out right. But, I mean, that's one thing that, you know, we do enjoy with that particular class that we, I think we do, we do every protein from start to finish bar brisket, which we actually put in like, you know, three or four hours before the class and the participants still see that cooking process as well. And, and it still goes for like a good five, six hours, which is, uh, to me, a, um, it's a pretty in-depth uh, smoking class. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. And then they get a beautiful dinner at the end of it. That's fantastic. That's Hundred percent correct, sir. <laughs> and they can walk out of the shop with all the products that they need to go and replicate it at home. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now you also um, so you've you were saying that you uh sell the meats, you got the rubs and the sauces, you got the of course the the barbecues themselves. You mentioned Big Green Egg before. Um, mm-hmm. you do classes there. You also host competitions as well. I mean, that's that's for oh, for oh, pl- Plus the restaurant is six. We're up to six different things that, that, that you do there. Tell us a bit about the, the competitions that, that you like to host there. Well, it's part of like, I wouldn't like to say I'm Robin Hood, but I mean, we got so much from, from barbecue. We really did. We've made some lifelong friends. We've built a business out of the style of, of, of barbecue. And doing the competitions is, is our way of, of giving something back, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, we ensure that... Um, 100% of the entry fees go back is prize money, which we have that luxury because we're not what I call a, a traditional promoter. And I'm not begrudging any promoter that obviously has to do that because that's their business. But, you know, we have all the other elements that you just sort of, you know, that you rattled off that, that, that can support that. So one thing that, that even with Masters of Q, we, you know, we, we, I think we put up, I think it was like $20,000 worth of prize money. And, um, that's going to run, hopefully, it's rescheduled for 2nd and 3rd of October this year. We've already had to postpone it once, unfortunately, but um, that is um, that was, I guess, created a little bit of controversy with some um, double points and other things, which we probably don't need to touch on. We've got, uh, we've got plenty of air attention on, um, on different forums, which was quite disappointing. I mean, we were only trying to do something unique and uh, not trying to rattle any cages or uh, offend anyone. It was... Uh, Really, because Victoria had had such a bad run of it, it was almost uh, you know Victoria sort of emerging out of the ashes of you know of the craziness and um, you know a way of sort of giving a little bit back, which um, which is still going to occur, and hopefully we can get um, being the being postponed so far out, hopefully we can get a few more teams there and make it you know a truly memorable experience. I think we already had like close to forty teams registered, so if I can wow. get to 50, 60 teams, that would make me. Um, Make me very, very happy. And of like, you just mentioned that the shop was smaller now, so I'm assuming that you would have to find an external venue for all that then. Uh, that's hundred percent correct, Ben. So what we went, at, we went and hired the. Um, we're based. We're in. Um, we're in Brunswick, and just about just north of Brunswick, uh, the next suburb up is Coburg, and they have a velodrome there. So I've got a little bit of inspiration from the, the Kansas City Speedway, I guess, when you've, if you've ever been, I think you've been over there before, Ben, and 
I've seen you roaming around with your microphone at these different events, but um, they hold the Royal every year in Kansas City in the infield of basically the Speedway. Um, well, we don't really have a Speedway very close to the Q-Club, but what we do have is a velodrome, which is, a, I guess, a Speedway for bicycles. For bicycles, they yeah, yeah. Quite a, they have quite a hefty infield as well. So I guess my concept was well, we drove past it one day, I was like, hey, that'd be a cracking spot for a barbecue competition. Even better is it's in the middle of an industrial estate. So noisy buggers like the Natural Born Grillers won't keep any residents awake at night being an inner city competition. So I, I approached the uh, the cycling club and said, hey, guys, you know, my name's Andrew, Q Club, I've got this, you know, this competition want to hold. It's, you know, a bunch of like-minded people getting together, cooking barbecue overnight, and uh, it's, all, it's all about a community and bringing people together. Solved them the whole, uh, I guess, masters of few concept and these people just took the ball and ran with it Andrew, that'd be great this is just what we need to do this is a fantastic community event i mentioned that you know basically the entry fees we just redistribute 100 percent to all the teams it's a not-for-profit activity and they came back in a fairly favorable rate to i guess lease the space over the um over the weekend and um that was that was how i guess the masters of few was was reborn because um we did have a Masters of Q two or three years ago now, I think it was, in the um in the the back cup the back sort of lot of the old Q Club. Um and um that was an invitational and that was you know we we basically sought out the best of the best and um let the teams sort of um fight it out, out with on an even with a, with an, on an even playing field as well. I mean the original Masters of Q, we supplied all the meat, we supplied all the rubs, there was no sort of no secret ingredients, and um, yeah, I think our butchers acts were very lucky to take that out. Yeah, I I, I was meaning to, uh, to to bring that up and, and ask about that because that was a fascinating concept. You um you had was it uh, Cav Cash or something beforehand, and each yeah, and then had, you uh, and then you like you like oh, Q Cash, okay, yeah, yeah, and then you so, you auctioned off the different boxes of ingredients or something. We did. So each team was allocated the same amount of money, of course, the, the Q cash. And um, then we had like a, then we had, I think it was 20 teams. So we had 20 different boxes of meat. Obviously everyone had a, had a brisket in it. And then some of them had assorted cuts. So some may have had like, you know, 10, 10 chicken thighs, but only, you know, one rack of lamb. And so basically teams had to sort of go around, they were able to inspect them all beforehand. And then we were very lucky that um, Mikey Hulberger from the Shank Brothers is a, is he comes from the antique trade, so he loves he loves a good auction. So we then um, proceeded to um, auction off each box of meat. Um, then, with their remaining cash, they could go shopping for their rubs and sauces. Um, obviously, the more you, the more money you spent on your meat, the less rubs and sauces you could purchase. So there required a little bit of strategy involved in it as well. And um, I found it was a, a lot of fun. I don't think I've I've laughed that much in a long time at that auction. It was quite hilarious and. Um, some teams were hell bent on particular boxes, and I think they didn't, in the end, sort of did themselves undone, undone themselves a little bit because they went to go buy all their rubs and realised they could only buy like you know, basically three rubs and two sauces or something like that. And when you speak to, I guess, those really sort of ingrained, you know, full blown competition guys, they're using, you know, some of them are using ten to you know twenty rubs on a weekend with different, you know, the different sort of secret combinations, and they're mixing becoming alchemists with their sauces and making you know you know four or five different sauces to make the perfect you know pork rib sauce and um so we sort of took all, took all that away and just made it like you know who is the you know the best cook on the weekend and um 
as I said earlier, um, Butcher's Axe took it out, which was um, turned out to be well deserved as they you know, they were the champions that year. Yeah, they were they were on quite the roll that year, weren't they? Yeah. They so you've got were. yeah. So you've got the, the the next Masters of Q coming up. What mm-hmm. what else are you got um got in the uh, in the back of your mind for Q Club for in the in the near future? Oh, look, Ben, I, I think you said before, my mind doesn't stop ticking over. Right? And we were about to um, take delivery of our first um, new pit to have on the floor, which is quite exciting. So there's no secret we've got basically a Texas-designed, like, 30-inch, you know, Canon-fabricated pit, Canon being um, pits from Texas, but um, we're actually getting them fabricated over here. So the designs, it's all been designed by the legends over there in um in Texas, and um, we're just um, getting them basically put together. And uh, I think Adrian Lapino of uh, um, who bought a beard barbecue, and they're um, they're sort of behind a little bit of that. So looking forward to getting a nice, um, I guess, pit back on the floor. But my, I guess, my energy at the moment is is seeking out, I guess, the next biggest thing in, in barbecue. And, and what I don't want to say the next biggest thing. What I'm starting to see is. A lot of the early adopters in low and slow aren't turning their back to it, but they're looking for the next challenge. And what we're seeing with that next challenge, I think, is you know, people really embracing that sort of you know, going back to the roots of cooking with fire. We're starting to see a real explosion of inquiry here, like a you know, hibachi cooking, Korea style grilling, you know, the Argentinian asado sort of style cooking. So I think watch the space with the Q Club. I, I really believe that is going to be the next sort of movement um, in the sort of that cooking space here in Australia, where we, we're going back to you know cooking all of our steaks on these on these beautiful South American style cookers, which I, I'm I'm certainly excited about it, and I'm always on the hunt for the next sort of next thing. And I do think we're starting to move that way. Even looking at Jay with moving having a meat stock in Brazil now. I mean, that is how awesome is that been? That's that's pretty wild, and I I think that's a it's a great indication for how much the Australian barbecue scene has grown that now we can, now we're sending our competitions out to the world. Um, that's, that's massive. I think it's a massive feather in the cap for Jay and, and what he does. That, um, that, as you said, to have an international sort of seek you out and want to brand it and do it instead of just ripping it off, which is generally the most classic way of doing it, but to actually embrace the brand and, and push it and promote it. I'm, I know I'm certainly looking at the dates thinking, oh, hopefully our borders are open by then. Yeah, it, it, it would be very nice to get over there, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, it's um fun part of the world I really sort of want to visit. Um, their love for cooking with fire, you know, is the same as ours. And you know, I think we could definitely pick up a few pointers on, you know, what directions and what trends and what, and what works because uh, those guys certainly know what they're doing over there. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. All righty, Kev, we're into uh, segment three of the show now, and this is the part of the show where our guest gets to share some wisdom with the listeners and the viewers. So for the live uh, viewers that are joining us in the Facebook group this morning, now's the time to really start putting those questions in there. And when Kev's finished sharing his wisdom, then I'll start popping those questions to him. So, mate, I'm going to throw it over to you now. You wanted to talk to us about um, the Natural Born Griller's simple approach to barbecue. So I'm going to I'm gonna just uh, grab my, my iced water here and sit back and, uh, and soak up the wisdom. <laughs> uh, it, it is a bit weird about thinking about wisdom, but I mean, 
I guess the way that we've always cooked, even you know, from the very start of competition to, to now, is we're very, very simple with the way that we cook. I mean, you know, we, I, I mentioned before with people who are all into layering rubs and using all these different sort of concoctions of sauces and, and the like. I mean, what we and I also get a little bit annoyed when people talk about competition cooking so much different than, say, you know, commercial cooking or, or catering cooking. I mean, we, we I'll go back to the pork ribs because we've already spoken about them, you know, I guess earlier in the show. But, I mean, we use the same method for competition, you know, pork ribs as we do in our restaurant, as I do in my classes, and as I do at home. And there is no nasties, there's no, I guess, magical thing that we do. I mean, we take a very simple sort of, um, I guess, just to go back one step, I think it's always best to get the best produce you possibly can. I mean, that, we hear it all the time, and you know, it sounds like a broken record, a bit of a cliche, it isn't. To me, if, it's, if you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. So I'm not saying we need to go buy, you know, you know full blood A9 style, you know, Wagyu brisket. But what I am saying is try and know where, you know, you're sourcing your produce from. Know a bit about it. You know, but to me, free-range pork means the pork's going to have more marbling, it's going to have more flavour. If you've got more marbling and more flavour, that means you have there's less you have to actually do to that actual protein. It's the same with your chicken. It's the same with so it's the same with your lamb. It's the same with all of these proteins. If you if you're, you're getting the, the best that you, you believe you can get, then there's less you have to actually do to it. So I mean, pork ribs is a good example. We just use basically a solitary rub on our pork ribs in the restaurant, even in competition. I mentioned all the trophies we've won. I mean, we use basically, I'm not trying to do a plug here, Jess, but, you know, just hardcore carnival red or any, it's the basic red rub on our, on our ribs. That's all we've ever used from day dot and it's all we use now. And it's, it's crazy how people think it's not true, Andrew. You can't just be using one rub on your pork ribs. That's all we've ever used. And, and I, you know, I could sit here and, you know, with my hand on my heart, that's what we use. Um, from that, we use a very simple wrap for, for our ribs. We just, a combination of a basic good butter, you know, sugar and honey. And um, we might use a bit more of a fancier honey or whatever it is in competition. It might be like a, you know, like a smoked honey or something like that. But again, it's just those three ingredients in a wrap. And um, from there, we're just trying to nail, nail texture. Because when it comes to, I guess, competition cooking and also catering, of course, as well, is... To me, you, you can't fix texture in competition cooking. If you get to the, you know, five minutes before you have to turn in, you cannot adjust your texture. That, that's basically what you have. But you can always adjust flavour on top of it. So, I mean, and I think I learned that from Tuffy Stone very early, early doors, is that, you know, to me, you know, nail the texture because up until the moment you put anything in, in your competition box, um, you can adjust the flavour. And it doesn't matter if it's too sweet, you can add some salt. If it's too, you know, if it's too salty, you can add some sweet. You can balance it out. But if you've stuffed the cook, you know, then there's no, there's no going back. So that's one bit of advice I give to anyone entering um, competition barbecue is always nail texture because you can adjust the flavour. You know, back, and back to the simplistic way of cooking, I guess we still, even in competition, we boat our brisket. We've we've been notorious, I guess, boaters from you know the get go, which I don't know any other com competition teams that still boat their brisket, but again, we boat our briskets, you know, when we cook, I think we cook maybe, you know, six or seven briskets a day here at the restaurant. Every one of them is boated. Um, 
when we cook in one or two for competition, they're always boated as well. So to me, if you've got a great product, it's not going to dry out. That's what I tell people. You know, if, you've got, if, you, if you're trying to cook with a substandard product, you've got to actually then make adjustments to that and then wrapping that might be the best method. But for those of you not familiar with boating, it's essentially, a, I guess, a snug, it's a snug wrap but leaving the top exposed. So you lay out maybe three sheets of foil, put your brisket on the, put the brisket on the middle and just roll up all the edges all around it and make it very, very snug, leave the top exposed so we can continue to, to create that beautiful crunchy bark that we so desire and um, then cook it till it's done. And with a good product, you're not going to have any danger of that brisket sort of drying out. Um, there's two tips, I guess, one on our um, pork ribs. The other is on um, brisket. I guess the third tip, I did touch on it at the very beginning of this um, interview, was is broaden your horizons on what you can smoke. I mean, people are getting sick of I see it all the time on different sort of forums, like what else can I cook on my smoker? What else can I cook? You know, And to me, think back to what I said at the very beginning, is anything that you can braise, you can smoke. So I always say that the leaner the, leaner the protein it is, the, the, I guess the, the earlier you're going to have to turn that into a, a wrap or a boat or a braise. But if you can, if you can braise it, you can smoke it. So that uh, to me has um, always been a great sort of, um, I guess, uh, philosophy to, to, to cook by. I mean, we, we employed that back at the very first uh, Invitational. Um, it's a little bit of a, a funny story because they were giving away a year's worth of beer at uh, the very first uh, Invitational, which anyone who knows me knows I like to have a beverage or two. So I thought this is going to be a great prize to win. It's like the, um, the, and all you had to do was use beer from the brewery. The Australian brew is where it was held. And um, if you won it, you got the year's worth of, worth of beer. But if you came second, which might be a bit of a, could be a bit of a lesson in this, you got nothing. <laughs> Anyhow, on this particular, <laughs> but sure enough, um, we went, I, I did typical natural born grillers. We went a bit crazy. We got basically segmented oxtail. And um, we smoked them, as you would say, a simple lamb shank or whatever it might be. I think it might be two hours at about, you know, 275. We basically created that beautiful bark and we got, it, got them to dry out. Then I basically put them in a foil tray with a beautiful dark beer from the brewery and um, gave it a very, very, you know, snug down with the foil and continue to smoke them till they're essentially almost falling off that, that little, I guess, vertebrae bone that you see with an oxtail. Um, in the box, it would have just, I, I would have loved to have been on the judge's table when it got opened up because it looked like six little spiders essentially um, uh, in the box. And um, I think it, our presentation marks got marked down a little bit, but we nailed it with, believe it or not, texture and taste. It was a beautiful sort of, you know, Osobuco sort of style, you know, oxtail. Um, and I think we, we, we came second to Scotch and Smoke. So uh, that's another story. They, and they did it with a dessert. So I reckon that is definitely cheating, boys, if you're listening from Scotch and Smoke. Mr. Nicholas, we, I want some of that beer. <laughs> so, Mate, if, that, but, um, if, a, if a year's worth of supply went to beer, uh, of year's supply of beer went to Nick, I dare say it, it, it's long gone now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's long gone. Pretty <laughs> sure. But um, why, I, why I tell that story, because there is a classic example. Not every, when you're thinking about things that we can smoke, um, we, we automatically think of brisket, pork ribs, pulled pork, you know, like if we're in Australia, lamb shoulder. 
But as I said, try and broaden your your your, your way of thinking and your thought process. So hang on a minute, what what can what can be braced? And 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 as I said, you, you think that all the, the classics of the low and slow cuts, they're all bracing cuts, you know, beef cheeks, you know, beef shank, all these things. So that's you know one thing I can you know, tell anyone if they want to liven up a dinner party or or do something you know for at home and use their smoker. I said, just go through a cookbook and then, as I said, anything that's you know raising, you can smoke. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. There's some great advice in there for sure. We've got a question come here through for you. Um, it is, what's the best American barbecue sauce you can recommend? Uh, and what's the best rub for lamb that you'd recommend? <laughs> that's, um, that's, um, that's a very good question. I mean, anyone who knows, we actually bring in a, a, a lot of uh, – one part of the Q Club we didn't actually touch on today, Ben, was uh, – that we do represent a number of brands in Australia. So when we started the Q Club, it uh, sort of evolved into being a bit of a distribution business as well. So we that's, uh, do that's enjoy seven things sort of, then. Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sorry, ironically, continue. even though, yeah. So I mean, it would be remiss of me not to say that you know, to me, one of our favourite barbecue sauces that we import would have to be Blues Hog. I think it's um, it goes with that saying. We um, Managed to sort of retail that all over the whole, you know, wholesale that over the whole country. We're very fortunate to have distributors like, you know, Barbecues Galore, etc. Um, that's not a plug, I don't think. Maybe it was, but um, not paid, not a paid plug anyway. Ben. Um, so to me, you know, with with lamb, I think lamb's one of those really awesome cuts that you can actually treat either savoury or sweet. It actually sits in the middle. Whereas when we think of beef, we're always thinking, you know, savoury, 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 salt pepper you know when we're thinking about chicken we generally lean towards you know some sweeter or you know or pork towards cedar, sweeter style rubs lamb to me can actually swing both ways it's actually a really really to me universal and you know a cut that can be you know it can be you know, any other way so to me, for me i love is a, a a boutique sort of manufacturer of rubs called feedlock he's um uh, actually a a Texan guy that lives here in Australia, and he does one called Grasslands, and to me, that is the ultimate sort of lamb rub. I really enjoy that. He uses his porcini powder, which springs out umami, and that's, um, yeah, to me, it's just it's great. So whenever we're cooking lamb at home, that's generally what that's generally our go-to. Um, as far as sauce, as I said, I mean any blue salt sauce, but to me, again, being more of a, I have more, I have a preference to a savoury palate. I love like their Tennessee Red, so more of their vinegar-style barbecue sauces. To me. I love how they can cut through the fat. So that's another sort of tip for me when anyone is trying to add sauce to any sort of barbecue protein. If it is a very fatty protein, always go for something with a bit of vinegar or something that can cut through that because adding sort of like a heavy, you know, molasses sweet sort of barbecue sauce on, you know, on already a rich cut to me can be a little bit overwhelming in the, in the mouthfeel. Yeah, I can certainly agree with you on that, mate. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's start to, uh, to to round out this episode now. So I'm going to throw the studio over to you. Give some thanks, give some praise, give some shout-outs to people that have helped you along the way and make sure you tell everybody where they can track down the Q Club on the interwebs. Oh, Ben, I wasn't prepared to actually um, go through thanks, to be honest with you. I, um, I've got too many people to thank. And I'm, if I actually start rattling off specific names, I am going to be more... Um, there's no swearing. This is a family show, so I would be in a little. I would be in a bit of trouble. Um, the one person I do need to thank the most is probably Pam, my wife. Um, she supported my crazy idea to sort of walk away from 
you know, a pretty successful corporate job to follow my dream and start, I guess, the Q Club. That she's been beside me the whole, the whole way, and um, it's been a um, you know, a bit of a, a a bit of a tumultuous sort of journey to sort of start a business from, I guess, absolute scrap with no customers and to build it what we have today. And you know, she would be the you know number one person who I have to thank um, because she supported this crazy idea and she works in this business with me every day now and you know we're we're a partnership at home and we're a partnership in business and uh, that that's the other well, I guess the other two people I have to thank would be I guess our partners in crime with Natural Born Grillers and the Q Club and that's Dean and Dana I mean uh, I guess me being the extrovert I generally take a lot of the spotlight um, when it comes to the Natural Born Grillers but you know, the other three members, including Pam, have done just as much and have been just as responsible for where I guess you know Natural One Grillers and the Q Club is today. So I don't, I don't want to sort of elaborate any more on more people because I know that I'm just going to miss people and I'm going to kick myself when I actually turn off the, the microphone. So it, um, for those that you know, that I don't think outside that, but uh, as I said, as long as Dean, Dana, and Pam know that I'm extremely thankful for. Not only, I guess, their advice and support, but their friendship throughout this, you know, amazing journey that's really, to me, just begun. I mean, we're four years young, and you know, to me, to create a brand that's, you know, quite synonymous with barbecue in Australia, um, you know, I'm extremely proud of not just, you know, not myself, but just the amazing team that's that I have surrounding me because um, I'm a bloody lucky guy to have that, and you know, to have those people that you know have helped me sort of grow and have believed in my, you know crazy ideas well said mate well said and very wise to start off by thanking the wife first very wise move. Oh, thank you <laughs> well look mate thank you very much for your time um I, I know it's the middle of the day it's your lunchtime rush so I, I appreciate you taking time out to, to to join me on the show and share your story with us it's been absolutely fascinating and i really appreciate it oh, it's an absolute pleasure ben and thank you very much for inviting me to be on the show and um yeah, um, hopefully the listeners got something out of, um, I guess, some of my ramblings today. And there you have it, family. That was Cav from the Q Club. How cool is that guy? There's, uh, what were we up to there? Seven different aspects of the business that he runs there. That's wild. I um, I'd, I wanted to ask him how he sort of balances it all, but we, we might have to get him back in the show again uh, in a couple of weeks to sort of really drill into that a bit more because, uh, man, he does so many different things there. And it does all of it so well. I just, I have to know how he manages to balance that out. So I, I think we will do that. I'll, I'll reach out to him again after we're done here and, and we'll get him back in again. Now that is uh, just about all the time we do have for today. But just to give you a quick recap of the announcements from the top, huge thanks to our podcast partner, Ozpig. If you're looking for the ultimate outdoor camp cooker, I managed to get that out correctly this time. Make sure you do check them out, ozpig.com.au. They've got some great gear. Ours goes with us every time we go out camping and, we just love it to bits. Um, okay, if you are at the start of your barbecue journey, head on over to the website, pick up your free ebook, come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook, and just take a second and do all the things on the socials for us. We'd really appreciate it. Woo! Now that is it now. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>